Now, the fact that Julie said something nice about you, you can, you can mention her second. All right? <laughs> Last call. Somebody tell me something good. Rick. Uh, I have a 108 month sober. Nine years sober. That is outstanding. Uh, one more time. All right, 53 days no cigarette. You too? Outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> they keep saying, why don't you, where is our best friend? What? Okay, somebody lost the phone. It's a, there's a song on it. Okay, 8.06, hang on. 8.06, Oh, it's like locked, isn't it? Just throw it in the trash. I don't have none. I'd like to throw mine in there. All right. Got your Bibles? You're going to find, you're going to look for a little bitty letter. A little bitty letter from God named James. Hello, folks. How are y'all? How's the baby? Great. Outstanding. Find the book of James. Now, the easiest way to find James is go to the end of your Bible. Go to the end of your Bible and start backing up. Okay? End of your Bible and start backing up. I'm going to give this phone, I'm going to give this phone to Brad over here, Brad. So if somebody comes looking for it cuz I won't be easy to find. All right. Everybody got James? Take your time. There's not a rush. If you need a little help, holler. Where are you? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Your head. Shh. Everybody got James? Where are you? All right, turn. <laughs> We're in the book of James. I think they're all gone over here. I think the only ones are left over here. Okay, thank you. Thank 
Rock. Hate it. Yes. All right. <laughs> most of us, I think most of us, since I, since I know most of us, I think I can claim to this. And if I, make a mis- if I made a mistake, you can argue with me later. Most of the people sitting in this room believe that when you read words from this letter called James, when we read these words, consider it all joy when you fall into lots of different troubles. We believe, most of us in this room believe that we're listening to God speak, that God is saying these things to us to help us, to keep us out of trouble, to get us through the toughest times. But now having said that, let me say, and I believe I can also say, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that what we're reading is God's Word, you're still welcome here. Nobody's, nobody's going to make fun of you. Nobody's going to fuss at you. Nobody's going to push you around. Nobody's going to make you feel belittled. Because the truth is, the truth is, even those of us who say we believe that we're hearing the Word of God, how many of us, Honest. How many of us, and even though we believed that these were the words of God, didn't act like it and didn't live like it, right? So us claiming to believe it means nothing. Us claiming to believe it means nothing. I can stand up here all day long and say, this is God's Word, listen to God's Word, believe God's Word, and I'd change my voice so you'd really understand. But if we're not going to live it, it's nothing. If we're not going to listen to it, if we're not going to put it into practice, if we're not going to obey it. In fact, this letter was written by a man who understood that in a kind of a personal way. Now, I still believe that God spoke through him. But this fellow named James that wrote this book was a little brother of Jesus. So this James grew up watching Jesus live his life. This fellow James was among the brothers that thought Jesus was crazy. And I'll show you that verse if you don't remember it. Because he was caring so much for other people, and they thought he's just lost his mind. They grabbed him and said, he's beside himself. He's losing his mind. This, is a, this fellow, this James, was in the family that looked at Jesus and couldn't understand why he was doing what he was doing for all those years he was doing it. And yet, after Jesus died, after Jesus was raised from the dead, James got the message. James got the message and he decided to follow Jesus too. And when he began to follow Jesus, God had him write this letter. 
All right, so we're just going to read the first, the first few verses, okay? Talk a bit. Counted all joy, considered all joy, pure joy, my Bible says, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, just, we're just going to stop there. I don't dig theory. I don't dig Sunday school answers. I'm not worried about and interested in you trying to impress anybody with how good you know the Bible or how bad your life has been. I just want us to be honest in here. I want us to be honest and be able to talk about it to each other. But tell me a trial that you've been through in your life. I, and I just want to know the trial. What was a trial that you've been through in your life? A divorce. What's a trial you've been through in your life? Death of her sons. Trials. Addiction, homeless, family trials. Give me a, a trial you've been through. A trial you've been through. Locked up. Drugs. A trial you've been through. Tell me a trial that you've been through. Abusive relationship. Depression. depression. To, to what extent? Suicidal depression, right? Having to pay bills when you didn't, you had more money than you had, you had more month than you had money, right? And you couldn't make, you just, and it was always that way. Mental illness. What's a trial you've been through? Overcoming abuse. Miscarriage. A single mom. The, the list could keep going, right? We just... I mean, not everybody spoke, but there were, there's, and I saw on faces, there's still things that could be said. There are lots of different kinds of troubles. There are lots of different kinds of trials. Of uh, the ones we've mentioned, I, I'm gonna put, I want us to put them in three categories, okay? The, one that, the ones that I went through that hurt me the most were the ones that were my fault. Some of the trials that you mentioned are your own fault. It's not what somebody else did to you. It's not what somebody else wanted to do to you. It's not what somebody tried to do to you. It's what you chose to do and you did to yourself, right? Right? Sometimes troubles come because you invite them into your life by making unwise, foolish, shameful, selfish decisions. That's the way it was in my life. That's what caused my divorce. That's what caused the lo loss of my family. That's what caused the loss of my reputation and my self-respect. The, the loss of my livelihood. All of that took place because of my, my fault. Nobody else's. It was my sin that did that. But on the flip side of that, folks, 
There are some of you here that went through horrible trials and it had nothing to do with something you did. It had to do what somebody else did to you. So let's make sure we make that distinction. Those of you, we heard rape, abuse, depression. Those things, folks, come... Well, I'm gonna, let's stay with the rape and the abuse first. Those come because somebody else made the choice to behave like they did. And you just had to suffer. I hear every once in a while people say, well, that's not fair. No, it's not fair. In a world where people are given the right to make their own decisions, there are some people who make decisions to hurt others. They'll beat on their wife. Or they'll abuse their children. Or they'll rape another person. And they do that for whatever reasons. Their motives, their explanations, their justifications don't mean a thing. The problem is that person still faced that trial, right? So sometimes trials come because of what we do. But so, and I deserved everything that happened to me. I deserved that and more. But for those of you who suffered trials because of what somebody else did, you didn't deserve any of that. But you still had to face the trial. And as a result, had to face the consequences that came from that decision. Make sense? Are there consequences that still come in my life because of my decisions? Am I forgiven? Yes, but are there consequences? Yes. yes. Are there consequences that come, even though you didn't do anything wrong, are there consequences when somebody hurt you? Yes. You have to live with the con... That's not fair. No, it's not fair. It is not fair. It is the way sin does. Their sin causes you to suffer. But there's also a third category. And we had a couple of those mentioned. There are sometimes things that happen in the world that are not caused by anybody. They're just caused because we live in this world. And it might be a miscarriage. And it might be the loss of a child. Had nothing to do with the choice I made. Had nothing to do even with anybody else's ill or evil choice. It's just we live in a world where sin was introduced into the world a long time ago. And because sin was introduced in the world, along came death and a whole bunch of stuff with it. And so we live in a world, we live in a world where evil things can happen to good people. Can you avoid them? Can you avoid them? I'll, and I'll let you, I just want to hear what your answer is. Can you avoid them? Can you avoid them? Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm waiting because I knew if I changed my answer, you'd change, if I changed my tone, you'd change your answer. Yeah. Could I have avoided? Could I have avoided? Could I have avoided the mess in my life? I sure could have because it was my decision that led to that trial. Could Kim have avoided it? No. Because she had no choice in that matter. She had no part in that horrible thing. Could Brenda have chosen different? Because I guarantee if she could have, she would have, right? Does that make sense? 
it's not our choices always. So sometimes I can't avoid them, sometimes I can't. But I know trials are coming, right? Whether it's my fault or your fault, or it's just because we live in a world where there is going to be trouble. I'm going to go through trials. Now, here's where God spoke to a fellow named James who watched his own brother go some tr through some trials that had nothing to do with his choice. And what does he say do? Look in the text and tell me, what does he say to do? This man who watched his own brother go through trials that he had no choice What did he say do? I'm sorry? Consider it pure joy. What does the word consider mean? Think, consider. It's a little bit more than think. Because think for us, oh, I just thought of something. <laughs> no, it's not just, oh, I just thought of something. Counted as is another version, which is a good way to say it. Counted as, consider it. Give me another way to say it. Huh? It's a given. What does it mean to consider something? What does it mean to count it? Examine, Examine it. Give me another way to say consider it. Contemplate it. Oh, it's a good word. Tell me your first name. Marley. Marley. You get an extra piece of pizza. That's a great answer. All right. Uh, examine it. Concentrate on it. Uh, consider it. Give me another one. Think about it. Ponder it. Categorize it. Analyze it. Pick it up and look at it. I'm going through a trial. Now hang on. It doesn't matter. The truth is it doesn't matter whether it's my fault, your fault, or the world's fault. My reaction to the trouble is going to be honest. Don't lie to me. What's it going to be? Why me? I hear, why does God let this happen? Why does this happen to me? Why, 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 why? <laughs> and if we're not asking why, what are we doing? And I heard the word, and I thought that's the one I'd use first, but I, I saw Catherine's face and I couldn't pass up why. Is whining. Right? And I, you can go through what I did by my own choice, make those same shameful decisions, and you'll still whine. Why didn't they forgive me? Why did they mistreat me? No, 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 no. Stop blaming everybody else. Get off that pity party thing. You made the mistake. You did the crime. You do the time. You face, you make the mistake, then you deal with the responsibility of it. Man up and say, man up, man up and say, hey, I've got, hey guys, there's some stuff to eat right over here and some chairs. Oh, the phone? Brad.
when you uh, when you make a mistake yourself, you'll still blame somebody else. At least I did. Until I, God helped me learn better. This is not about whining, and it's not even about understanding why. If somebody else did something to you, you'll even have a, a bigger worry about that because you'll want to know why would they do that. There's no answer to that. And hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's just say, let's say you could get the person to explain why they abused you, why they raped you, why they stole from you, why they did whatever they did to you. Would that change the consequence of it? No. Oh, a good explanation would make it all better, right? Right? A good explanation would make it all better, right? Not at all. The explanation doesn't help. And then if I look at this things happening in the world and I want to ask God, God, why would you let that happen? If God could explain it to me, would it change the fact that it happened? No. No. So what am I supposed to do with that? Here's what God said to do with it. Here's what James, who watched his brother go through it, said to do with it. Count it. Mark it down. Consider it. Pay attention to it. Look at it. Hold it up and turn it over and analyze it. And spend some time on it. Don't just react. Don't just chicken little, oh, what are we going to do? No, 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 no. Get a hold of the thing and say, why, not, why is this happening? What am I going to do with this thing? That's what... He doesn't, say, he doesn't say ask why. He says what? What am I going to do with this thing? What does he say do with it? Consider it pure joy. We're going to worry, not worry about the pure for a second. Just count it joy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What do, what do we mean by joy? Oh, joy, this happened to me. Oh, joy, I lost my job. Oh, joy, I lost my family. Oh, joy. No, that's not what he's talking about. What, what does it mean to count it as joy? The word joy. Positive. You see something positive in this. Keep going. You're going to have to fight him for the pizza because that's a good answer right there. There's a purpose to it, y'all. What is the purpose? Look in the text and tell me what the purpose is. Look at the purpose. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, mature complete, lacking in nothing. You want to be like Jesus? You want to grow up to be like your Father? You want to grow up and be like God? Guess what's got to happen? you got to grow up. And to grow up, you've got to go through some trials. And sometimes it's your trials. And so what do you got to do when it's your trial? you got to... Take responsibility for it and say, God, you got to work this out for good. Can he? <laughs> did he work the shameful, horrible, nasty, terrible things I did for good? Name one. Name one thing God did good out of all this mess I did, made. Yeah, closer to God. Grew up. Grew up. It allows you to uh, have a different understanding for what other people, other people's sins and what they're going through. Julie, I, I stood. 
I stood in a big church. 2,000 people or so in the room. I was their preacher. I'm preaching from Matthew 5 and where Jesus says, you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. I said in that sermon, I said in that sermon, and everybody in the church when Jesus said that, everybody in the group said, Amen. That's right, you don't commit adultery. And I said out loud in front of 2,000 people, I have never done that and I... I said, I never will. Time out. Everybody sitting in the room that had ever made that mistake felt how? Ashamed. How'd they feel about approaching me? I wouldn't understand. They didn't think I'd be helpful. I think I would have tried to be, and I think I'd have, but I was so caught up in that making sure people looked at me the way that I thought they were supposed to look at me, I wasn't being honest and I wasn't being real. I'm not, well, God help us not do that again. Let's not go back that direction. But God used my shame. And I, somebody came to me one time and said, uh, I liked your teaching before, said, but I know now you'll understand me. That's why I come to this church. Because I know you know what I've been through. Can God work it out for good? Can God cause good things to happen? Can God cause your faith to develop perseverance? And your perseverance, can it develop uh, maturity? Yes, it can. So, but to do that, what do you got to do? You know the answer. It's right there in the text. What do you got to do? You got to count it as joy. You've got to see God's work in this thing. You got to see God's purpose in this thing. Now, the question we laugh about it when we all, but we all do it. Now, Catherine admits to it, but the, and if doesn't, I call her out on it. But I mean, there's other people in here that'll do the same thing. We'll want to know, well, why God? Why did you do that? Stop, stop asking why God, and ask, start asking what, what God? What are you going to do, uh, Bart? Wave your hand, Bart. I want you to visit with Bart about this very point, because Bart has said this more than once in classes and in our other meetings. He'll say, when there's stuff going on in my life, he, eventually it dawns on me, man, I wonder what God is working out here. It changes your perspective. You stop blaming yourself. You stop blaming everybody else. You stop whining and you stop asking why and you go to work. And what do you go to work doing? Finding joy in this. Finding God's purpose in this. Brad, eat another piece of pizza. You find God's purpose in this. Find that joy in this. For that's, what, that's what, where joy comes from, is fulfilling God's purpose, right? You want to grow up? You want to be mature? You want to be like Jesus? Huh? What's it going to cost? It's going to take some work, isn't it? And so God's going to put some work on you. And sometimes it's because you've made a mistake and sometimes it's because somebody else made a mistake or sometimes it's just because we live in a world of mistakes. But when you're going through that, when you're going through that, when you're going through that, count it as joy. Find God's purpose in it. Because where's He taking you? Where's He taking you? Keep Read the text and tell me, where's He taking you? 
Verse 4, where's he taking you? The last part. He's taking you to a place where you're going to grow up and be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. I like the end, don't you? So how do I get to the end? How do I, how do I get to the end? You count the trouble as joy. You consider it as joy. Now that means... The only person I know that can do that is you, right? It's me. I can t I, I've got to take my situation and I've got to get my hands around it. And I've got to get my head wrapped around it. And I've got to say, you know what? God is working something here and I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. I don't understand it. I, no way I can explain it. And if somebody would come down here and talk to me, I might fuss just a little bit about it. But... I'm going to change the way I think. Instead of blaming it on everybody else, instead of blaming it on Trump, instead of blaming it on... <laughs> blaming it on you Mexicans. I don't... Whoever you blame it on, right? It's a lot easier to blame it on y'all than me. But I'm good with that, you know. The point... You see the point? We blame it on... Don't we? We blame it on our boss. We blame it on our mamas. We blame it on our daddies. We blame it on the people. We, we blame stuff on people that are not even around anymore. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Whatever the trouble is, whatever caused it, it's already happening so you can't undo it, right? So what you do is grab the trouble and see it in God's perspective. What is, i got to see it God's way. How in the world do you do that? How do you do that? Keep going, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, ask God for... Eat that second piece of pizza. Look at this. If any of you lacks wisdom... Give me another way to say wisdom. You folks, as much as we've studied Proverbs, if you don't give me the right answer, I'm going to go Old Testament on you. It's... Fearing God. It's seeing things the way God sees them, right? God looked at the mess I made in my life and the first thing He did was... The first thing He did was... Don't miss this. The first thing He did was... Say it. He forgave me. I didn't deserve it. But He forgave me. And in that moment, he began to work everything out for good. Now, did I feel it? Nope. Did I see it? No. Could I explain it? Did I would have ever even hoped it was possible? No. In fact, I wanted to kill myself because I felt so bad. God wouldn't let me kill myself. And I wasn't happy about that. And now, almost 17 years later, do I hate what I did? But am I grateful for God, what God has done through what I did? Because I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know you. And I... There are people in here that have changed my life. And I wouldn't have known them had it not been for my mess up. 
So take all these mess-ups. My mess-ups that I caused, mess-ups that somebody else caused in your life, and then mess-up that just the whole world caused. What happened? God worked through all of them and got us where? In this room on the 22nd day of February, 2017. He got us right here. Same place. Did God know what He was doing? Yeah. Did I know what He was doing? No. Nope. That's why I asked for wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Ooh, I love this. Because if you ask God, what does He do? He gives it to you generously. Go look at it. He asks of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. <laughs> You grew up believing, you grew up believing that anytime you asked God for anything, what did He make sure you knew? Where you were wrong and you weren't you didn't deserve it. So what are you asking for now? And I, time out. Parents, if you're doing this, and I don't don't lie to me, because I hear you do it here. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. When your mate or your child or your parent finally gets wisdom from God and starts to do something right. You don't find fault. I'd listen to, they were sitting in my office. And they may be sitting in this room, but they were sitting in my office when it happened. And the guy said, you know, I'm just trying to do better. I'm sorry I made a mess in my life. And I messed up in our marriage and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she looked at him and said, What took you so long? <laughs> oh, that's helpful. That's helpful. Because let's say he can answer that. Does that change? Doesn't change a thing. So, first, let's remember God doesn't find fault with us. I've told you the story. There's some fresh faces. Let me tell it again. And I'm old. I get to repeat stories. And that's the best thing about getting older because you can repeat stuff and they don't know that you remember you repeated it. Because my dad right now, he's 91, and he'll repeat the same story five or six times. He doesn't know. And I laugh the same way every time. And if he asks me the same question, I give him a different answer just to make a different conversation. It's a, we have a lot of fun together, you know. I'm a little boy. We had, we had glass Coke bottles back then, and they weren't the big ones. is the little bitty ones. You remember the little nickel-sized ones, the little bitty tiny? I'm sitting on the back porch. I'm sitting on the back porch, and I've got that Coke bottle, and there's a... We didn't get Cokes all the time. We, you, you, we, did, we didn't live in the world where you just had Coke. I don't even know why we had Coke at our house because we never had Coke at our house. But so for some reason, I'd gotten a Coke. And I had uh, drank it all up just real quick like you, a boy would do. It was hot, and so I drank it all down. And there was a drop, and you could see the drop hanging into the corner of the bottle. So I'm trying to get it out. I know that one last drop is the most refreshing one of the deal. And, and after I've had it, I, don't, I won't need anything else in the, for the rest of my life. So I'm pounding on the bottom and nothing happens. I, I'm shaking it and nothing happens. So I get the bright idea. Suck on the bottle. So I, I start sucking on the bottle. My dad walks by while I'm walking. He said, boy, be careful you don't get your tongue stuck in there. I said, what's he talking about? So I kind of let my tongue go. Oh, that was cool, man. You could suck it. Oh, that is cool. So, buddy, I, I sucked about three days worth, man, and finally let my tongue go. 
Folks, that bottle sucked up my tongue. All the way. I mean, I, it went past that muscle in the middle of your tongue where you have any kind of control. Oh, I couldn't. It, it, my, my tongue just swelled up inside that bottle. And, then I, and I'm pulling on it. And, I, you know, you're a kid. You don't know any better. You're panicking. I don't want to go to school with that bottle out of my mouth, you know. And, I, and I'm pulling on it. And I'm pulling my tongue. And it hurts. But i got to get it over. And it doesn't work. I'm sitting here. I've got, <laughs> Finally, my dad came out and saw the, com- the mess I was in. He said, here, let me help you. And he reached up and got my tongue, kind of pinched it together, and that let some air in. I got out. He never once said, I told you so. But I've heard some mamas in this room, I've heard some daddies in this room say that. God would never say that to you. So don't be afraid of it. You made a mess of something that you knew better. Yeah, I knew better. I knew, oh. Folks, not only did I know better, I preached better. I had, pre- I had a better example than I ever lived. I had, a be- I had better sermons than I ever lived. I'm telling you, I messed up. And when I begged God for wisdom, you know what he said? Laying on that bed I've told you about. I took a picture of it the other day to show to somebody. On that bed in my ba- that back bedroom, same bedroom when I was a kid where I slept. At 50 years old, I'm back in that bedroom living with my parents with no money, just got a job at a truck stop, and I'm begging God for wisdom. And that's when I started reading the Proverbs. Guess what God did? Whether you believe it or not, the Bible says it, so that settles it, right? He gave it generously. And he didn't find fault. Trouble's coming, y'all. I hate, I hate it. Trouble's coming. And I don't know if it's coming in your life or in your family's life or in this church's life. It's coming. There is trouble coming. What do we do when it comes? Don't waste one moment, no ounce of energy, of emotional energy, don't waste one minute of your time whining about it or asking why. Ask what? Lord, what will you want me to do with this thing? And his answer is, ask for wisdom, see how I'm going to work this out, and count it as joy. Oh, I hate what happened, but God is bound. Bart said it a G in time. I watch this and I think, man, what's God going to work out now? Antonio, could you have known years ago with all that took place what God, how God would have worked it out to this day for your family to be where it is and to have what you have? No way to know. Catherine, any way to have known the horrors that you went through as a little girl and then the horrors that that created in your life later, that you'd be at this place with this kind of influence, this kind of opportunities, this kind of love, this kind of respect. No way. No way. You want to multiply that? Just go down the row and asking people sitting in these t- at these tables. But when you ask, 
verse 6, but when you ask, believe. Don't doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man shall not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Who does that sound like? Sounds like me. Because when something bad happens, I start whining and I start taking a position. And then when things are going good, oh, yes, 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 yes. And I'm being bounced to and fro. You know what he's saying there? What is it? Put it in our words. What's he saying to do? What's he saying to do? Have faith. What's he saying to do? Trust him. What is he saying to do? Be confident. What's he saying? I'll let you, you put your words to it. What's he saying? Make up your mind. How are you going to look at this thing? Is this really going to be God at work to do something wonderful in your life or not? And if it's not, go ahead and go that direction if you want to. Go ahead and walk away from God if you want to. Forget the joy if you want to. Don't let the perseverance work in you anything that turns, makes you mature. Go, just let it slide in. We've talked about it. You get in trouble, so what do you do? You get in more trouble, right? It happens in those, with my jail guys all the time. They get, in one, they get a minus for talking in class, which means they don't get to eat a pizza at the end of the week. Oh, well, I got a minus, so I can't have pizza, so what I'll do is I'll act like a fool, and I'll have them add another month to my sentence. Well, that makes fun. One pizza's worth a month of your life? Well, that guy looked at me. What do you mean, look? <laughs> you guys that have been there know what that look is. You know. And I said, what do you mean he looked at you? Silly. When he gave me, he eyeballed me. What do you mean I eyeballed you? Well, he went like, I said, oh, I was all scared when you eyeballed me. But if you eyeball me all day long, it's not going to hurt me. Really. My wife does it all the time and I'm still standing. You know? Is this recorded? That was Bart, Bart Kelly teaching tonight. We're grateful for that lesson, Bart. They, but they, one little thing goes wrong and they throw hands up in the air. I've watched it in this room. I've watched it in this room. You lose a job, so I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll go steal something. And so then you don't just lose your job, you lose your freedom. I've watched it. Oh, my feelings got hurt because this person didn't love me. So I'll go sleep with this guy and get a baby because a baby and not married is a lot more fun than dating as a teenager. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right? But we do that. What he's saying is make up your mind. How are you going to approach this deal? And it's you that makes up your mind. It's not somebody else. Now your mama can tell you. But Consuela, does the mama telling Catherine help a lot? No. Catherine? <laughs> Catherine, does, does mama telling her daughters help a lot? Nope. You got to make up your own mind, y'all. You got to make up your own mind. You got to make up your own mind. I am going to look at this the way God sees it because if I look at it the way God sees it, I'm coming out of here 
lacking nothing. Which means what? Complete. What does complete mean? For whole. Give me another way for say whole. You come out of here, folks, perfect. The worm crawls up on the limb and with great effort wraps himself in a cocoon, stays inside that cocoon until it's time, and then starts that slow and arduous effort to come out of the cocoon. But once he gets out of the cocoon and he stretches those wings, he is a butterfly and he has freedom to fly. He's not a worm. He's not a worm anymore that nobody wants to have around. He's a butterfly that people take pictures of and, and want to put in frames and things. I mean, you get freedom, you get life, you get joy, you get completeness, you get maturity. Let God have His way. You going through a trouble? Count it. Consider it. God's working something amazing here. And if I'll just hang on, persevere. If I'll just hang on, I'll come out of here better. I'll come out of here perfect. I'll come out of here lacking nothing. So God, give me your wisdom. Help me know what I need to do with all this mess that's happened in my life. The mess I've made or the mess somebody else made. I don't, God, it doesn't matter. I need your help to get through this. And I am not, I am not, God help me, I am not. Going to go back and forth. I'm going to make up my mind and I'm going to stay focused on what God says is working. That's what joy is. Is that how it worked in Jesus' life? Never tired? Ever thirsty? Anybody ever mistreat him? Anybody ever spit on him? Anybody ever whip on him? Anybody ever lie about him? Anybody ever betray him? Anybody ever kill him? And where is he now? At the right hand of God. King of kings and Lord of lords. So does it work? Yeah, it works. Isn't he preparing us for the very same thing? Isn't he preparing us for glory too? Amen? Amen? Yes, yes. Hug somebody whether you like them or not. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Would you...